Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us become more aware. You see, what I'm, what I'm convinced of is that the Holy Spirit is always working in the earth. He is working in the earth today. People talk about movements of God and revivals. I honestly think revivals happen because we become more aware of His presence. Because God has, from time, eternity past, wanted to work in and through man. And He's just looking for somebody who will yield. In Chronicles, we're told, the eyes of the Lord are searching the earth, looking for someone whose heart is turned toward Him. And when you turn your heart toward Him, we're told in the New Testament, draw near to Me and I will draw near to you. And so all it takes is someone willing to draw near to the Lord. But therein lies the sticky part. Because we all have lives and we have stuff. And, and for me, a young lady challenged me that maybe there was something better than running out and seeing the latest Batman movie. That maybe there was something better then go into the last restaurant that just opened. Maybe I needed to learn to, to skip a meal. Maybe I needed to learn to lock myself in my bedroom and get on my face before God and say, God, I will not move from here until you bring revival in me. But the fact is, most people are so consumed with their life and their stuff. I can't imagine. How many of you are in school? How many of you are in school? I can't imagine how busy your life is and what you have to do. I mean, some of you right now are like, man, when this dude hushes, I can go study. I don't know. I got this test tomorrow. I got to do this. I understand. I also understand that Bethany, here she was doing school and, and working and serving and, and crying out before the Lord. That's the heart of this generation. I um, was listening to Daryl during worship. I was worshiping with him, but I was listening. Had my eyes closed so he couldn't tell I was listening. And I was thinking, God, I want to sing like this man when I get to heaven, please. <laughs> Give me that heart. I, I remember that camp when God did something in Daryl. It, it is amazing to watch, not what God did in him there, but what God is doing in him now, and what is a progression from where he was to where he is now, to watch him lead worship, see that hunger. That's what God is doing in all this. Can we look at the Scripture together? 2 Corinthians. Would you look at the Scripture again? 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 16. I'm trying to find the light. Y'all hold on. I'm good. No, no, you don't have to turn your life. Oh, thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Verse, verse 16, But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. How many of you have turned to the Lord? How many of you have turned your heart to the Lord? You turn, now see, I want you to understand, turning to the Lord for me was not a one-time event. You see, here's what I think has happened to many people in the church. They had a turning to the Lord. Maybe they had a salvation experience. Maybe they went to a camp. Maybe they went to an altar one time. There was some kind of experience. But I don't know about you. I need experiences with God every day. 
I live in the world, and the world I live in has trouble in it. I don't know if you've noticed that. I have doubts and stuff that assail me. I have to turn to the Lord every day so that the veil is lifted. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is lifted. What is this veil? This veil is something that tries to hide the glory. At an altar, a bride comes and she's got a veil on. And, and my, my beautiful wife, she walked down the aisle, and I was so nervous. I was a young man, had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I'm like, here comes the bride, oh Jesus, help me. And she's beautiful, and she comes down with the veil. And at some point, the pastor said, lift the veil. Now, I had seen her before, so it wasn't a shock. I'd seen her, I knew how beautiful she was. But what was that veil for? What does it represent? It represents hiding the glory that is behind there. I've heard people teach about the dude Moses in the Old Testament who it says put a veil on to hide the brightness of the glory. And it actually tells us here if we look that the reason he put the veil on was to hide that which was passing away. I'm here to tell you tonight, we have something that is not passing away, but it's getting stronger, it's getting better, it's getting more glorious. As we would say in Georgia, it's getting gooder and gooder. <laughs> they don't teach us a lot of grammar. <laughs> Amen, I understand it's getting better and better. <laughs> the glory of God and when one turns to the Lord man there are things that try to veil sometimes a bill comes in the mail and it tries to veil the glory oh man I didn't know that was I thought we paid that I thought you said you paid or, or, or an issue happens did you take care of this or that or, or something unexpected that just catches me off guard someone can say something I had someone recently going out the back door of our church. We pastor a church in central Georgia that is exploding with revival. Can I give you a testimony of what's happening? Yeah. We launched this church. The average age is 24, about like y'all. And this church has been going for two years. We have to have two services on Sunday morning to accommodate the growth. We have seen this year somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 75 kids give their lives to Christ for the first time. We have seen miraculous things. I'm talking like people getting healed. we got a lady whose body is racked with cancer and she can't die. We don't know what's going on. The doctor said he can't explain it. The cancer's still there and she's still living, driving herself around. No pain. The doctor said, I can only tell you it's a miracle. We are seeing modern day signs and God is still doing stuff even in the sticks of middle Georgia. We believe that one of the greatest revivals the world has ever seen is going to happen in small town USA. And we are working right now to plant churches all over central Georgia that are life-giving churches so that nobody... I'm talking, folks, you couldn't even find where we live. It's at the other side of nowhere. And all over this area in small town Georgia, we are planting churches and saying we want no one to have to drive more than 30 minutes. Now that may sound like an eternity to you, but for where we live, you have to drive 30 minutes to get to the nearest Walmart. And we are planting life-giving churches so people will have a place to come and worship like you did tonight. We are seeing young people fall in love with the glory of God. We are seeing lives change. We are seeing souls say it is a beautiful thing. And so this glory that we're talking about, this glory says when, when you turn to the Lord, the veil is lifted. And so I find I have to turn to the Lord often. Y'all remember that thing that Alice in Wonderland said? She... 
imagines several impossible things before breakfast. Does anybody ever, never, never read that? Well, I have to imagine several impossible things every day. And I know that when I look at me and my life and who I am and what God's called me to do, what He's called Melinda and I to do is so much bigger than us. So I turn to the Lord so that His glory will permeate me. So it saturates me. Now let's read on. He says, and when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Somebody say freedom. 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 Well, why do preachers make you say stuff to make sure you're still awake? Freedom. Some of you know how to sleep with your eyes open. I know you. And we all with unveiled face, we all with unveiled face, not hiding anything. We all with unveiled face. Jesus once told a lady that the Father is looking for people who will worship in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth means being openly, honestly who you are before God. And in the church, we have to come to a new level of authenticity, being who we are, not trying to be somebody else, but being who we are. It's that openness. And when we turn to the Lord and the veil is lifted, and then with unveiled face, boy, when I lifted up that veil and I saw my wife, when I was able to kiss my bride, that was beautiful. It was beautiful and wonderful. But I need to let you all know something. That was not the last time I kissed her. That was not the last time. We have five kids. There's been a whole lot of kissing going on. I'm just telling you, y'all come on, come on, come on. You act like you ain't adults, y'all. I don't know what I'm talking about. Please, please. Why? Why? Because the glory that I experienced at the altar, the glory that some of you experienced the first time you asked Jesus in, that was not enough for me. I wanted to know her more. And this must be the heart's cry of us. I'm thankful for what I experienced. Thank you for what I experienced tonight. But that's not enough for me. Oh, I loved worshiping tonight. But I imagine tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and go, I've got to have some more. I've got to love on Jesus more. I've got to make sure that I look at Him without a veil and say, Search me, O God, and tell me what you see. And so he says, when we behold Him with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. I grew up thinking that I couldn't behold the glory of the Lord. I grew up in a church where they talked about no man can see God and you can't look on God. And if you see God, you'll die. And, and, and so I didn't even understand that it should be my pursuit to behold the glory of the Lord. I didn't even understand that you guys are light years ahead of where we came from. And you're understanding and hearing that your pursuit should be that of the Lord. Your pursuit should be that of His glory. Make us more aware of your presence. You see, because wherever I go, I can tell you that there's someone God wants to touch. And the issue is, am I in touch with Him so that He can touch through me? Am I in touch with Him? Or am I more in touch with my stuff and my issues and my, my urgencies? But if I'm in touch with Him, and if I'm more aware of His presence and more aware of His glory, I love that Jesus never concerned Himself with someone's questions. When you came to Jesus with a question, He wasn't even listening to you. Jesus was like reading your heart. He was like reading what was going on in the inside. And, and read it. They would ask questions and Jesus would say, 
Something totally different. He would answer a question that wasn't even asked. I'm like, that mug? Look at him. They didn't even ask you that. But he would answer and say, what do you say in your heart? Whoa. What are you doing? What he's doing? He was getting on to the matter at hand. See, you're saying all this and you're asking me this, but that woman at the well, and she's all like trying to get all philosophical. And he said, let's talk about your husband. Whoa, 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 cat, don't go there. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. See, Jesus was connected with the Spirit of God and the heart of God, and he knew how to go right to the... I'm telling you, sometimes you're talking to people, and they're just going around in circles. You know, just you're spinning you right round. You spin me right round, baby, right. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? But if you could just hear the Spirit of God say, "Ask them this," and you go, boom, and you just blow them up. Then, oh, how do you know about that? When you're in tune with the Spirit, then you know how to touch people the way God wants to touch. So uh, we behold His glory. He says, and when you behold the glory of the Lord. You are being transformed into the same image. Into the same image. It, whatever you are beholding is what you will become. What you are beholding is what you're becoming. It's what you're going to look like. If somebody has said something, called you something, and that is always before you, that you think that's what you're going to be, guess what you're going to become? I'll never be like my dad. I'll never be like my dad. I, whatever I do, I'll never be. And that's all you can focus on, is never being like your dad. Never being like your mom. And then you wonder why you're becoming that very thing. It's because it's what you're beholding. As I behold Him... As I behold Him, I am transformed. The, the best word we have here in English language for the transform is the metamorphosis. And y'all help me. Y'all college students. What is metamorphosis? What happens? What happens? It's a change. Something was one thing and becomes another. The beautiful caterpillar. <laughs> or what, the ugly caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly. The metamorphosis, the morphing from one thing to another. I don't know about y'all, but I've been morphed. I've been morphed. Because the man I was when Jesus found me is not the man I am today. Look, y'all don't, don't even know. The man that Jesus found in this backwoods Georgia town would never have the courage to stand before you wonderful, beautiful people and share Jesus with you. Because I was too timid, I was too back, I was too uh, afraid of myself, conscious of myself. I had panic attacks going into a mall. I was like a hermit hiding in my apartment. And then Jesus started whispering in my ear, what do you want to do with me? You must be crazy. Who are you talking to? I tell people, I say this all the time, and I am not kidding. When God called me, my response was, please hang up and try your call again. <laughs> You're calling me to do what? You want me to stand in front of people and talk? I can't talk in front of people. But look at what God can do to someone who decides to behold His glory and be transformed. Now look what it says. Transformed. Uh, into this same image from one degree of glory to another. From one degree... You're already glorious. Booyah! You're already glorious. Look at you. You are already glorious. And the good thing is, we're getting more glorious. As we behold His glory, we are becoming more glorious. The world needs to see a glorious church. Amen. 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 The world 
needs to see a glorious church. Why? Because the world has observed a powerless church and it hasn't done a thing for them. The world has deserved a defeated church and it hasn't done a thing for them. The world needs to see a glorious church. We had a service recent a service recently and it was I'm sorry, last year and uh, it seems recent to me. And uh, I, I in this service felt led, just felt this Holy Spirit tell me to make a call for young people who felt like they had a call of God on their life. And so I said, anybody in here who feels like you have a call of God on your life, I just want you to come forward. And about 25 young people ran to the front. And one of the young men that outran them all, he got down to the front and he huddled all the way over this side of the building. And uh, I, I noticed him, he'd been coming and hanging around for about two weeks. And, and I had met him a few times. The only thing I knew about Chris was that every time I turned around, Chris was standing there right beside me like a little puppy dog wanting a hug. He had his little puppy dog eyes, and they're all dark on their side. I, just thought, I, mean, I don't know if he put, I don't know. He was just, and he was always wanting a hug. And I'd hug him and Chris, and, uh, and every time I turned around, there was Chris for several weeks. And that day he ran for and I said, well, good on him. Look at Chris coming down, got a call. After the service, he said, Pastor Chad, can I talk to you? I said, certainly. We went to my office and he said, Pastor Chad, do you know who I am? And I said, well, you're Chris. And he said, yeah, but do you know what I am? And I said, uh, boy? <laughs> uh, no, Pastor Chad, I'm an atheist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold the phone. You're an atheist. Chris, wait a minute. Why would an atheist run to the altar when someone gets up and says... You have a call of God on your life. Come to the front. He said, I don't know. And I said, Chris, let's go back to the beginning of the story. You've been coming here for two weeks. And every time I turn around, there you are. He said, Pastor Chad, you don't understand. I don't like to hug people. I, Chris, every time I turn around, you're wanting to hug. No, I don't like it when anybody hugs me. But I like it when y'all do. And I don't understand this. I said, Chris, this isn't making any sense. So tonight I gave a call and you felt it was time to come up. He said, listen, before I came to this church, I did not believe God existed because I had never seen any evidence that He did. And when I show up here, everybody's hugging me and it just feels something. And, and, and it's like y'all all really mean what you talk about. And then when you preach... It's like you know God. You talk about Him like you really know Him. And I've just never seen it. He said, I'm used to people going, God, who ought to enthroned way out there somewhere. But you talk like He's in the room. And there's something that happens here. And, and then He said this. He said, this afternoon I challenged God. And I said, God, if you're real, do something tonight. Do something tonight for me. And I said, Chris, wait. And you thought God doing something was me giving an altar call? Son, let me just let you know, we do that a lot in the church. We give altar calls. No, he said, that's not it. He said, when you gave that call, I came running forward, and I said, God, this is your chance. And then all those people lined up. He said, Pastor Chad, you only hugged me. You didn't hug, hug another single person there. Chris, that is not true. I hug everybody. He said, not tonight. I said, and y'all, if you hang around and I get to you, you put out a hand, oh, I'm like, pull you in, hug you. I'm just a huggy kind of guy. He said, no, Pastor Chad, the only person you hugged was me. And he said, then I heard something inside say, now will you believe? And I said, Chris, 
do you believe now that God is real? He said, I'm trying to. I said, dude, you're trying to? God did all that for you. He goes, I'm trying to. I just don't know what it's all about. I don't. I said, Chris. And I reached over and grabbed his hand. And I said, God, prove how real you are to Chris. And all I can tell you is it was like somebody plugged that young man into electricity. And he started shaking and crying. And he said, I believe. I believe. Almost like, pull out. Pull back. And I said, you believe now, Chris? He said, yes. And I prayed with him. He asked Jesus to, to wash him. When he lifted his face up, the dark circles under his eyes were gone. And there was like a glow on his face. I was like, dude, it scared me. I was like, dude, something's different about your face. He says, I feel different all over. Here's the thing I want you to get. The reason the church needs the reality of the glory is you guys can't be fooled anymore. You won't be fooled into thinking church is real. And when somebody says, oh, oh the Holy Spirit's here. If He ain't here, y'all ain't going to lie. If there's not a manifestation of God, come on, come on. Y'all, if y'all hadn't been around church, let me just let y'all know something. Some people play church. I'm just telling you, some people will play. But there's a generation who says, I want the real thing, baby. I want it. I want Him. I want to experience the glory of God. And so now we are seeing a movement among young people. Y'all might not know this, but the whole agnostic atheist movement is not just for educated folks. We've got folks in central Georgia who've decided there is no reason that God has any part of their lives. And atheism abounds in small rural towns because the church has lost her glory. And the reason we must be a glorious church is only if we behold Him will we be transformed. Only as we behold His glory. That's why we sing, Holy Spirit, You are welcome here. You are welcome here. You are welcome among us. Come, fill this place. Fill the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere. Because young people like Chris deserve to know that God is real. Amen? Amen? Deserve to know. So he says, this veil is removed. And the word veil there, this Greek word, kalupto, means to cover, to hide, to keep secret, to keep hidden, to cover over or to conceal, to hinder the knowledge of a thing. Listen to me. The enemy wants to hinder the knowledge of the glory of God. The enemy of our faith wants to hinder the knowledge of the glory of God. Habakkuk 2.14 says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. I hear people quote that scripture all the time. And they say the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Actually, Habakkuk prophesied and said the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And I think that goes beyond just the glory of God. Because not only will the glory be there, but we're going to have knowledge of the glory. And the earth will have knowledge of the glory. And they will be aware of the glory. And people, young atheists like Chris, that you're going to run into and be to say, do you want to know that God exists? And I don't want to have a theological debate with you about who did this and who did what. I want to come to you with ex not just with, with some kind of argument, but I've got experience and power. Amen. It's too late to try to convince me God's not real because He has transformed my life and I am living, breathing, moving in the glory. And you're asking, does everybody in Georgia scream like that? No, 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 they don't. 
I'm passionate about everything I do. If I were teaching you music, I'd be just this passionate. I'm just kind of a high-strung little fella. Good work, man. Come on. It's the knowledge of His glory that is going to fill the earth. It says the knowledge. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Just like the water covers the sea. And I don't have a big degree, but I know this. The water covers the sea. Pertinent, totally. <laughs> and deep and wide. It covers it good. Amen? Amen? It is good. And this knowledge that is coming, God is awaking in us to His glory. I mean, there are people, believe it or not, that will move and live in a house and stay on their faces crying out, would you not come and revive us again? There are people giving themselves, all young people giving themselves, saying, God, send your glory. Don't want to read stories about revival. I want to experience I want to be revival in this land. Amen? Amen. And I said, behold, this veil is taken away and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Listen, the earth will be filled. It is not a, if this happens, it's going to be filled. The earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The Lord has spoken it. It will come to pass. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. And the Lamb will receive the glory and the honor that is due His name. It's going to happen. And I'm going to be smack dab in the middle of it. And in Georgia terms, that means right in the middle. God is just looking for people. He's just looking for people who will be entry points into the earth. He's just looking for portals. He's looking for open hearts. He's looking for somebody. God wants to wreck Boston with His glory. He wants to wreck. And some people will play around with the thought. Some people will make the thought a religion. And others will get on their face and say, God, right here, look no further. If you want to release the glory... Hit me. Amen. Hit me again. I'm coming for more. I want more. I want to be transformed from glory to glory to glory. And I will not stop until I appear before you, right before your throne. I'm going to keep going from strength to strength and glory to glory. And I will not stop and I will not give up. And I'm telling you, you need to learn the art of the bounce back. You need to learn the art of the bounce back. Because as you're being transformed, sometimes you get knocked down. I told my church one day, I said, I got this new song. I don't know. I was just driving down this road. I, somehow I came across this song. I get knocked down and I get up again. You know? And so I was sharing this. And, and somebody said, Pastor, no, no. I said, it's like the Chubba Wubba's or something. I don't know. And they're like, Pastor, no, you can't sing that song. That's a drinking song. I was like, yeah. Oh. All the more better to sing. No, that's just like a bad drinking song. I'm like, well, I'll redeem it. I'm going to tell you something. We need to master the art of the comeback. Man, you may knock me down. You may trip me up. You may make me fall. I may get caught up with whatever your issue is, whatever your vice is. But I'm telling you, I want to be... When I was a kid, we had this little thing. It was like a punching bag. And at the bottom, it had sand. And you'd hit that thing, and you'd think you had him down. And pop, he'd come right back at you. And that's what I want to be. I want to be like that weeble who wobbles, but he never falls down. Amen? You may think you've defeated me, Satan. You may think you really set all this up. 
But I'm so full of the glory. Man, I am a springback kid. You knock me down and I just... Bam! Right back up. And when I come up, I'm coming up fighting, man. I'm coming up slinging. And I'm going to sling glory all up in your grill. I will not back down. I will not stop. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. Amen. Well, that just sounds like some fine preaching. What you're hearing is a man's life. What you're hearing is the heartbeat of this generation. I'm not going to stop. Yeah, I know I messed up. Yeah, that thing I've been overcoming... I'm back again. Not going to give up. Amen. And as we go from glory to glory to glory to glory, as we just keep pressing on and not giving up, don't grow weary. Oh, church, we have got to develop in us a steadfastness that refuses to give up. We have got to, to develop within us a steadfastness that says, I will not quit. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pressing on. He says, uh, the glory of the Lord being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord. Who gives us this ability to keep going? The Lord. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So the Spirit of the Lord is working in us to give us that bounce back ability. Oh, I just made up a word. Sorry, I'm really bad about making up words. He gives us that ability to bounce back from where we've fallen. He gives us that ability to keep going. If I, if I never see you again, if you remember one thing, if you keep beholding Jesus, you will rock this world. You keep loving Him. You keep looking to Him. Don't get caught up in looking in your junk. Don't get worried about the stuff. Keep beholding Him because your only hope for transformation is His glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you? Yes. Father, I thank You so much for the honor and privilege to stand before this precious generation. I thank You, God, for giving me the honor and the privilege to speak to these precious, precious people. Lord, I pray that, that we would learn the ability to bounce back. That Your grace would strengthen our hearts to press on from glory to glory and that we would never give up, never quit. I pray for these precious people in this room that they would keep beholding Your glory and that they would make their lives an atmosphere that honors You and welcomes You. That they would make it their goals to be an entry place of Your glory in this earth. That they would make it their goal that when you're looking for somebody to release revival through, that they are the ones. And Lord, I thank You as we do that. We are going to see what our hearts desire. We're going to see Your glory fill the earth in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, guys. Let's give a hand clap to Chad, huh? Listen, we don't wanna we don't wanna leave this place without ministering to anybody who might be in need of some ministry. Even if your heart was touched by this word. My heart was touched by this word. It spoke a lot of things uh, uh, to me, even things that I'm in question and even articulating uh, with the Lord myself. Uh, let's just stand to our feet real quick. I love you, Jesus. Come on. Just close our eyes for just a bit. Still early. There's no rush. You gotta go. Feel free to go. We're not holding anyone against their will. 
wait upon the Lord a little bit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the word that was spoke here today, God. Oh, Father, come now. Come now and transform us, God. Transform us to the image of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. spoke to you or you need prayer over any matter or want to just give some time for one-on-one ministry just for somebody to agree with you in prayer if you want prayer from pastor chad he's more than open to it so if that's you if you feel something tugging at your heart i just want you to make your way up front here i know it can be awkward at times but don't miss out if you feel a tug on your heart come on just fall and be obedient to that tug amen it's a good thing god come on anybody else come on the lord more than just hearing that decent worship and a nice word. It's about receiving from the Lord that which we need. We're here to believe God. Amen? Just take a little bit more time. Anybody else who needs prayer? Again, those who want to leave, you're free to go. Feel free to leave.
yourself with us. For even coming and ministering to our hearts, Lord, from the worship to the preaching to the laying on of hands, God, we thank you, God, that you are mindful of us, that you love us, Jesus. We glorify you. Lord, as we leave this place, 